You can't go out now. This is Blondie. You've got a date with me. Before we join the bumsteads of Shady Lane Avenue, let's gather around the bandstand for a curtain raiser from Sarah Riki. Raise that curtain, Sarah. By yon bonny banks and by yon bonny braes, where the sun shines bright on the cloment, there me and my true love spent many happy days on the bonny, bonny banks of Loch Lomond. Oh, you'll take the high road and I'll take the low road and I'll be in Scotland afore ye. But me and my true love will never meet again Bonny, bonny banks of Loch Lomond. Twas there that we parted in yon shady glen on the steep, steep side of Ben Thank you, Sarah. You know, folks, these days it's hard to find good, quality, affordable entertainment that the whole family will enjoy. Life goes by fast, and the money can roll out faster than life. Well, look no further, friends. 
Blondie is being produced and sponsored this week by your very own Watertown Players. The Watertown Players have been around for over 30 years producing well-known quality entertainment at extremely affordable prices. You may have seen such wonders as Lend Me a Tenor, Mama Won't Fly, Hello Dolly, Farce of Habit, and Music Man Jr., just to name a few. The Watertown Players makes its home at 210 South Water Street in the market right here in downtown Watertown. The Watertown Players, dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. And now, we're all set for a little journey with the Bumsteads. They've been east to see the World Series, and we find them in the railroad station, hurrying along the side of the train for Indianapolis, where they are to stop on the way home for the wedding of Blondie's old maid Aunt Bessie. They look a little anxious as they scan the cars, and as we join them, Blondie speaks. Baby Dumpling, pick up your feet. I'm tired, Mommy. So am I, but we have to find our car before the train starts. And I want a banana. Now, baby, wait till we're settled in our seats. What's the name of our car, Dagwood? I don't know, but it's car 31. It must have a name. All the cars have, even the dining car. Look, they call that Mount Dessert. I bet they've got a banana. Quiet, baby. Here's a car named Lake Stagnant. And this one's Mini Wanahachachobi. Maybe that's a typographical error. Hmm. General Stilton, Mount Frostbite, Fort Boysenberry. I wonder who names Pullman's cars. I think they get the names out of old crossword puzzles. I could think of better names than these. Boy, that's a job I'd like to have. Well, I'd like to have a place to sit down. Well, I'd like to have a banana. Now don't tease, Baby Dumpling, and please pick up your feet. Yeah, baby, we haven't much time. When we're on our way, I'll buy you a banana. You said you'd buy me one at the station. I tried to, but the fruit stand man said an excursion train had just left and they were all sold out. This must be our car, Dagwood. It's the last one. This is car 13. Well, you must have gotten the numbers twisted. Ask the porter. I feel silly asking people questions all the time. They'll think we never traveled before. Well, we never have much. I'll ask him. Porter! Yes, ma'am. We're looking for 31. Oh, isn't that too bad? Yes. What? How do you mean? Well, there must have been some misclassification in your itinerary. This train doesn't carry a car 31. But we've got tickets for it. A whole section. Upper berth and lower berth. Oh, yes, sir. This is the only car which has sections like that on the train. Then we must be in 13, Dagwood. 13? Doesn't the railroad know that's an unlucky number? Oh, yes, sir. They know it all right, sir. That's why they put it at the end of the train. There's no use messing up the whole thing. Fine thing. Putting us in car 13. There's no use arguing about it now, Dagwood. Tell the porter to take our bags inside. Where are they? Piled there in the vestibule. There's my overnight bag and baby's zipper right on top. Yeah, I suppose they got my new brown suitcase right on the bottom. Hey, George! Yes, sir. Why do you call all the porters George, Daddy? All experienced travelers call them that. Uh, George! Oh, yes, sir. You all riding with me? Yes, we all are. Bring in that bag and the one, and a brown suitcase. 
A new one. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, let's see now. Uh, which section are you occupying? Eh? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you want to know what? Uh, hey, Blondie, what's our section number? It's on the tickets, dear. Oh, sure. Uh, just a minute, George. Oh, yes, sir. You just take any seat for the interim until you find out where you're going to be. I'll be with you directly. Yeah. Hey, Blondie, I can't find the tickets. I must have left them home. Come on, let's get off quick. Daddy, when we get off, can I have a banana? Shh, baby. Now, Dagwood. Gosh, Blondie, why didn't you think of the tickets? I did. Well, just the same. What? I thought they might get lost, so I pinned them inside your vest. Whew, for a minute, I thought, what? Pinned them? In my vest? How am I going to get at them? Just unpin them, dear. Now, how is that going to look? A grown man standing in the middle of a train, unpinning his vest like a kid? Yes, sir. Here we are. Did you find your tickets okay? Well, yes. Er, no. I mean, I know where they are. They're pinned inside of his vest. Baby, I... I'll go into the smoking room, Blondie, and, and get them. Hi, George. <laughs> yes, sir. Is your name George, George? No, sir. Strictly speaking, my name is Montmorency. Are you going to Indianapolis, too? <laughs> yes, sir. Do you know my Aunt Bessie? Oh, no, sir. I don't believe I do. Never mind, baby. Did you find Mr. Bumstead's new brown bag, Montmorency? Oh, no, ma'am. Not yet. Uh, that makes three I can't find so far. Oh, my. Do you often lose bags like that? Well, it's never happened to me before. Uh, this is my first trip. George! <laughs> yes, sir. I'm coming, sir. Right away, sir. Oh, the poor man. They've certainly got him jumping. Mommy, I want a banana now. No, baby. Not till after the train starts. Just sit back in that seat and relax. I'll put your bags here and mine here. Now then. Oh, my, it feels good to get off my feet and... Yes, sir. Uh, your seat is right here, sir. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, but I'm afraid I'll need to move you. Oh, dear. Come, baby. Go ahead and take any empty seat, ma'am, until I catch up with the uh, current of events. Blondie. Hey, George. Where's my wife and baby? Over here, dear. Why? What's the matter? They aren't in my vest. They're gone. Look, no pins. No tickets. Why, that's your blue vest, Dagwood. The tickets are pinned to your gray vest. What? Why are they? Well, you're wearing your gray suit, dear. You just put on your blue vest in the excitement of getting ready. I'm not excited. I just like to know where things are. Hey, where is my gray vest? That's probably with your blue suit. Well, that's in my brown bag. Yes, sir. Did you find those tickets okay? No. No. See, they're pinned to my gray bag in my brown vest. I mean, uh, listen, where is that bag, George? His name's Montmorency. I can't help that. I've got to find that bag of mine right away. A new brown bag, see? Now, where is it? That's what seems to be missing. You mean you haven't found that bag yet? He's lost two others since he started to look for yours. Lost? Listen, all my clothes are in there. And our wedding present for Aunt Bessie. And our tickets. Come on, Blondie, we have to get off quick. I'm afraid you can't get off now, sir. We have departed. What? We are en route. 
We're moving, Dagwood. Gosh, we are. We've, we've started. Okay, Daddy, now can I have a banana? Dagwood, we simply have to find that suitcase. We can't go to Aunt Bessie's wedding without her wedding present. Look, Blondie, I've lost three suits and a lot of shirts, and I don't know what all. As far as I'm concerned, Aunt Bessie and her wedding can jump in the lake. That's just like a man. You've probably had 50 suits at one time and another, and Aunt Bessie's never had one single husband. I suppose that's my fault. No, but you could at least worry. My goodness, the whole family's been trying to get Aunt Bessie married for as long as I can remember. She certainly must be a beauty. You needn't be sarcastic. She's a very remarkable woman. She's just been unfortunate. She's been unfortunate? How about us? If it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be in this mess. Now, Dagwood, how can you blame Aunt Bessie? Well, if she'd married that old coot she had on the string a long time ago, we wouldn't be here. That's the gentleman she's marrying now, Mr. Sneevel. They've been engaged for 13 years. I think Aunt Bessie's been very patient. I think Sneevel's been fast on his feet. That isn't it. He just travels a lot. She certainly must want a man bad to marry a guy named Sneevel. What a name. Now listen to me, Dagwood. Be very careful what you say to Mr. Sneevel. He's sensitive. One wrong move from any of our family, and he's likely to go off on another of his long trips. Listen, Blondie, I'll be all right. He's not marrying me. He's marrying into our family, and we all have to make a good impression. If any of us are rude to him, it'll scare him off. Oh. He does travel so easily. If he can look at Aunt Bessie for 13 years without getting scared off, he ought to be able to stand me. Well, just be extra nice to him, Dagwood. All the rest of our family are holding their breath till this wedding is over. If you were the one to spoil it, they'd never forgive you. Gosh, Blondie, don't worry about me. I'll help get Aunt Bessie launched. Only right now, I'm worried about my clothes. Where did that porter go? Maybe he's in the smoking room. Oh, did you look in there for your bag, Dagwood? Of course I did. Well, look again and have a smoke while you're in there. It'll soothe your nerves. Uh, excuse me. Don't apologize. Smoking room's public. Come in. Come in. Well, uh, thanks. Sit down. Sit down. Well, uh, okay. I am kind of tired. Had a hard trip, eh? Business bad? No sales? What's your line, brother? My business? Uh, well, I'll tell you. Mine I... is anchors. Is that so? Anchors for ships? It's not my business what they do with them. I sell anchors. And sheep dip. Anchors and sheep dip? What's wrong with sheep dip? Why, nothing, I guess. Only they're so different. Why shouldn't they be different? Am I going to carry a sideline in competition with myself? Is the sheep dip your sideline? Not in Wyoming. 
Oh, that's where you sell the sheep dip? Would I sell anchors in Wyoming? Why, listen, if I offered those ranchers just one anchor, I'd lose their confidence. Yeah, uh, that's right. Wyoming would be poor pickings. You call selling 5,000 barrels of sheep dip poor pickings? No, that's good. You call that good, eh? Wait till you see the order I'm going to get in New York. How many barrels? Barrels of what? Sheep dip. Sheep dip? What would my New York men have to do with sheep dip? Why, dip sheep in it, I guess. Where's this man going to put sheep on a boat? Oh, he has a boat? Well, if he didn't have a boat, why would I be selling him a two-ton double-flange anchor? Oh, I get it now. You sell anchors on the seacoast and sheep dip in Wyoming. Gosh, uh, that takes a lot of traveling. I found that out. That's why I've got to give up my sideline. Which one is that? What do you think? I, I, I can't think very well. See, I'm worried about losing my new suitcase with all my clothes and the tickets and... Let's not change the subject. This is important to me. What does the world need most? Sheep or ships? Ships or sheep? A big question, young man. Too big for me, I guess. Better ask someone else. A good idea. We'll get a third party, and just to be perfectly fair, you argue for sheep dip, and I'll argue for anchors. Now, did you find your bag yet, sir? Ah, here's our man. Who, me? Remember, young man, you're sheep dip, and I'm anchors. Uh, you go first. Well, anything to oblige. Uh, listen, Montmorency, you know where Wyoming is? Golly, did you lose that, too? No, no, it's a state. It's full of sheep. Nobody lives there but sheep? Sure they do. Now, say for instance, you live in Wyoming. What am I doing out there? Raising sheep. Well, how much do they pay me for that? Why, you don't get a salary. Then I quit. No, no, I just mean that you own these sheep. So, to make money, you have to keep them in good shape. Now, the whole world is waiting for lamb chops and wool. Prices are up. Hot ziggity. But wait! Your sheep are full of ticks and stuff. They need to get, uh, dipped. But you're all out of sheep dip. You ordered it, but it hasn't gotten there. The sheep are standing around, mooing, and you're watching the road for help. Look, there's a little cloud of dust. What's that coming? That's me, in a wagon with five barrels of sheep dip. I'm whipping the horses. I'm getting nearer. Come on, sheep dip. Here I come. Here I am. Mister, you just made it. Yeah. But suppose I got out of the wagon and handed you an anchor. Who hands who what anchor? I don't want an anchor. There you are, Mr. Uh, you'd better give up selling anchors. Now wait a minute, Montmorency. You don't live in Wyoming and you haven't got a sheep to your name. Hmm, that was over soon. You're out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's a dark, stormy night. Wind howls and the waves roar. A bolt of lightning strikes the mast. You're on the deck. Was on the deck. No, no, you stay there. You're the captain, and your ship is drifting toward a reef. How did I get in a mess like that? How are you going to get out of it? Now, here's this young fella coming. When did he leave Wyoming? Never mind. He's on the ship, and so am I. I've got an anchor, and he's got sheep dip. Which one do you take? You know, I, I think I'll take a little rest. This storm wore me out. I don't think Montmorency is interested in this. See, we're both worried about the bag I lost, and... So that's it. You come in here and start an argument, 
waste my time, and then walk out on me? Well, but listen. You listen. You think you can belittle the anchor business, eh? No, no, look. Well, look, you can't get away with it. But... All right, say no more. But you haven't heard the last of this, my man. Not by a long shot. Magazines, peanuts, souvenir postcards. Here comes the candy man again. Is he bringing my banana? He said he would. I hope Daddy can find us. We've been moved twice since he left. Blondie! There he is. Here we are, Dagwood. I couldn't find it, Blondie. Oh, dear. Well, what took you so long, Dagwood? I met a man in the smoking room. A grouchy guy. He had me selling sheep dip in a storm at sea. Well, that's not much worse than our being on a fast train without any tickets. We've got to find that bag, Dagwood. Well, I've looked everywhere except in the water cooler. Did you look in the private rooms? Eh? The drawing rooms, like this one right behind us. Say, I didn't think of that. Listen, you keep your eye out and I'll just open the door crack and peek in. I hope there's no one in there. No, it belongs to that guy who's in the smoking room. Say, he's just the type to steal a bag. Now, Dagwood, we don't even know what's in there yet. He's just the type. I'm going to look. The candy butcher's coming. Don't let him see. He's busy selling that old lady a copy of Parisian Follies. I'll slip in the room and close the door till he goes by. Here I go. Postcards, peanuts, periodicals. Hey! You got my banana? Say, I forgot that again. Maybe you better take a chocolate bar this time. I want a banana! Well, next trip, sure. Who's the next here? Peanuts, postcards, periodicals. Psst, psst. Blondie, look. Dagwood, you found it? It was in there, right on the seat. Can you imagine that grip snatcher's nerve? Stealing my bag and then giving me an argument? I knew he was a phony. Make sure nothing is missing out of it, Dagwood. I'm trying to open it now. This lock is stuck. Look for the tickets first. Yeah, yeah. Why should this lock stick on a new bag? Maybe it's locked. Where's the key? The key's in the bag. We've got to open it, Dagwood. Well, I've got to work fast. I'm going to cut it open. Oh, it'll spoil the bag. I can't help that. Here it goes. There now. I'll reach in. And, hey. What? Who put this in my bag? A big silver frame with a picture. Dagwood, that's a picture of Aunt Bessie. Oh, look it. Here's a toy battleship. A battleship and Aunt Bessie. Yeah, with oversized anchors. The battleship, I mean, hey, there's something else in here. Bottles of something. Oh, my golly, it's sheep dip. Who put Aunt Bessie in sheep dip? Sheep dip? My sheep dip? Out of my bag and take your thieving hands off of my Bessie's picture. Your Bessie? I followed this man. I knew he was a crook. He is not. No, no, I can explain. Explain? You stole my bag out of my drawing room. Rifled it. I thought it was my bag. A fine story. Look at my brand new bag slashed open. Well, mine was new too, and... Don't try to brazen it out. You can't fool Gideon K. Sneevel. 
Sneevel? Mr. Sneevel. Oh, Dagwood. I've caught you red-handed. Conductor! We'll see if there's a law in this land. Conductor! Oh, Dagwood, it's Mr. Sneevel, Aunt Bessie's fiancé. That was his bag. But... You've done it. You've ruined Aunt Bessie's life. Oh, the family will never forgive you. Hey, hey, Blondie. Blondie! This episode of Blondie is being produced and sponsored by the Watertown Players. The holiday season is just around the corner and will be here before you know it. The Watertown Players have two great ways to celebrate. First, in November, the annual Christmas play at the Octagon House Museum, located at 919 Charles Street here in Watertown. This year's show is A Wizard of Oz Christmas and will be presented every 15 minutes from noon to 3 p.m. on November 28th and 29th. Follow the Tin Man and the Scarecrow as they do their best to give Dorothy the Christmas of her dreams with the help of all the residents of Oz. Then in December, the Watertown Players Youth Theater will be presenting Elf the Musical Junior in pre-recorded virtual form. This hilarious fish-out-of-water comedy follows Buddy the Elf in his quest to find his true identity and to help all those around him remember the true meaning of Christmas. Elf the Musical Junior will be released on December 11th to the world. For further information on the Watertown Players, please follow the group on Facebook. The Watertown Players, dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. And now the night has passed, and we find the speeding train has carried the Bumsteads hundreds of miles further west. Sunlight streaming into the dining car finds Blondie chatting across the table with none other than Sneevel. The way you explain it, Mr. Sneevel, your work is just fascinating. Not every woman is smart enough to understand that. I'm certainly glad I met you. It's mutual. Of course, we've always known that any man who could win Aunt Bessie would have to be perfectly charming. Ah, uh, Bessie will be proud when I tell her how easily you solved my problem. Now I won't have to give up selling anchors or sheep dip. Oh, my husband figured that out. He did? Yes, indeed. The minute he concentrated, he had the answer. He knew right away that if you sold to boats that carry sheep, they'd need both. Splendid! What a business I'll do with cattle boats. Your husband must be a very brilliant young man. He is. You'll like him when you know him. If he's your husband, I'm sure I will. Though he does make a very peculiar first impression. Dagwood has a lovely nature, really. He was just excited about losing his bag. I'm glad you finally found it. Yes. Wasn't it silly of us? It was right under the first seat we sat in. It was exactly like my bag, too. I I'm sorry I was so hasty. Well, it's all over now. No, it isn't. No Sneevel ever fails to right a wrong. I must go to your husband and apologize. Well, that's very generous, Mr. Sneevel. Not at all, not at all. One of dear Bessie's relatives, we must be friends. Where is he now? 
He's back in the observation car. He seemed to want to be alone. Dear me, did our little falling out disturb his night's rest? Poor Dagwood hardly slept a wink, and Baby Dumpling was up at daybreak running up and down the aisles. It was so nice of you to let Baby take a nap in your drawing room. <laughs> it was a pleasure to think that beautiful child is going to be my nephew. I have a little present for him when he wakes up. I imagine he'll be waking any time now. We'd better get back, I expect, and thank you so much for the lovely breakfast. I have a splendid idea. When we get back to my drawing room, we'll send for your husband and have a nice party and have a jolly time planning the future when we'll all be one big family. Peanuts, postcards, periodicals, pralines, peppermints. Hey, is your name Bumstead? Yeah. Well, you're wanted. I doubt that. Where? A fella named Sneevel, drawing room in car 13. Says he wants to see you right away. Oh my, that means trouble. Have you seen my wife? Yeah, she's with him. That's more trouble. How about a nice joke book? Cheer you up. Got a couple good ones. Slow train through Arkansas and 1,000 funny conundrums. No thanks. I guess what I need is a book about how to win friends and those other things. That wouldn't do you no good, the fix you're in. You know about it? Sure, everybody on the train knows about it. You got in a beef with your aunt's fiancé. Yeah, I guess I was wrong. Now that ain't right. Don't go talking no negative attitude on things. No? No, you gotta stand up for your rights. I, I don't think my rights are very strong just now. He was the one guy Blondie wanted me to like. And what does it get you? You tried to explain, didn't you? Yeah, but... Never try to explain. Your friends don't need it, and your enemies won't believe it. Say, I guess that's right. Sure it's right. I know all about human nature. Yeah, traveling all the time the way you do, I guess you would. Certainly I do. Why, I've seen human nature all over the place. And I can tell you how to handle this, Sneevel. Well, I thought if I went up to him and said, Look, Mr. Sneevel, let's be friends. Yeah, and right away he thinks he's got you licked. He does? Certainly he does. So he says to you, Scram, Bumstead, and right away your own wife and baby gives you the horse laugh. Oh, no, not Blondie. Why wouldn't she? What any dame likes is a strong guy. Well... Maybe you're right. Certainly I'm right, but you're not going to do that. I'm not? No. You're going to go in and say, listen, Sneevel, I don't like your attitude. And he says, you don't, huh? And you say, no, I don't. And what is further and more, we don't need you in our family. Gosh, uh, what does he say then? He's paralyzed. Is Blondie paralyzed too? She's fascinated. She is? Certainly. Right away, she sees you're a guy who don't take nothing from nobody. So she follows you out of the room, a proud and contented wife. Gosh! Uh, excuse me, Mr. Bumstead. Mr. Sneevel said he'd like to see you. Oh, yeah? Well, I want to see him, too. Come on. Don't forget what you're going to say, buddy. Don't worry. I don't take nothing from nobody.
here we are, Mr. Bumstead. I imagine they have a surprise for you in there. Yeah? Well, I've got a surprise for him, too. Stand back, Montmorency. Yes, sir. Come in. Listen, Sneevel, I don't like your attitude. Bumstead, my dear boy, come in. No, I don't. And what's further and more, we don't need... Look, Dagwood, this is a party for you. And further and more... Uh, a party? For me? For all of us, my dear boy. I misjudged you, Bumstead, and I'm man enough to say I'm sorry. That plan you suggested about the cattle boats, it's wonderful. It is? I mean, I did? Uh, say, what's going on here? You remember, Dagwood, about how Mr. Sneevel can sell anchors and sheep dip at the same time to cattle boats. When did I say that? He's a typical genius, Mr. Sneevel. He thinks of so many things, he just can't remember them all. What a man. Shake hands, Bumstead. Well, uh, if you insist. Now then, we're all friends. Look, Daddy, what Uncle Gideon gave me. The toy battleship, Dagwood. Isn't that lovely? Look it. It floats in the water, Daddy. Baby Dumpling, who filled that good suitcase full of water? Baby Dumpling thought of that himself. He saw at once you couldn't launch a battleship on dry land. Great mind, Bumstead, like father, like son. Yeah? <laughs> Say, Blondie, do you think it'll be all right about, you know, uh, Mr. Sneevel and Aunt Bessie? Oh, yes. We're bound to stand by our friend Mr. Sneevel right up to the altar rail. Ah, uh, happy day when I make her mine. But first, we must have the christening. Sure. Uh, what? We're about to christen the battleship. Oh, oh, yes. Go ahead, baby. I'm going to name it for you, Mommy. I think it would be nicer to name it for Aunt Bessie. What lovely sentiment. Go ahead, baby. Christen it with this. Hey, that's a bottle of sheep dip. That's right. Nothing finer. Go ahead, baby. Okay. One, two, three. I named this battleship the Aunt Bessie. Well, Blondie, I guess we've got Aunt Bessie launched. And so we leave Blondie and Dagwood of Shady Lane Avenue. We invite you to listen again next week when we join the Bumsteads once more. Next week's episode is entitled, Blondie Makes a Deal, or Two. <laughs> Sounds like a hoot and a half to me. This week's episode, Anchors and Sheep Dip, featured the voice talents of Tara Jones as Baby Dumpling, Greg Coots as the Porter, Patrick Grover as the Butcher, Matt Emerson as Sneevel, Blaine Landowski as Dagwood, and of course, Lisa Steffel as Blondie. This week's episode was brought to you by the Watertown Players. Don't forget these fine upcoming productions. The annual Christmas play, A Wizard of Oz Christmas, being presented at the Octagon House Museum in November, and Elf the Musical Junior being presented virtually in December. For further information, follow the Watertown Players on Facebook. This is your announcer, Jim Steffel, thanking you for supporting the Watertown Players and our weekly episodes of Blondie. For more information on how you can help fund these fine old-fashioned productions, please text BLONDIE to 44321. 
That's Blondie, B-L-O-N-D-I-E, to 44321. Thank you, and good night.